Welcome to the Melt Hammer Podcast. It's episode 175. Hello, everybody. I am Mel from Melt Hammer. Lovely to see you all, uh, metaphorically speaking. The man I can see that's with me for this week's show is the one and only Mr. Stephen Hill, also from Melt Hammer and some other things as well. How are you, Steve? Really good, thanks, mate. Really, really quite good. Um, good. Just been to the gym, haven't I? We've had that conversation in our private lives. He's been flexing at me before we started oh. recording, which I obviously love to see. So Have I ever? Why wouldn't you when you've got a body like this? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We don't want people salivating before we've even started. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, Seriously, though, I, I am in, I'm in pretty, pretty good shape. Thanks very much. So. I'm glad. I'm good to, I'm good <laughs> yeah. to hear. Um, for, any, for anyone interested, Steve's doing well. For Thank himself. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the latest issue of Metal Hammer is out. Right now, it is celebrating 20 years, if you can believe it. Two whole decades of toxicity by System of a Down, a classic album. We dig inside the story like we never have before in the new issue. It's a great cover feature by Dave Everly, uh, and that is out right now in shops across the UK. You can get it delivered straight to you from tinyurl.com slash gethammer. And, and we also have a few Power Wolf bundles left as well. So if you're into your escapist power metal, uh, you're going to want to get all over that. It's got some signed stuff in it, some exclusive merch. You can only get these from us, and they are at tinyurl.com slash powerwolfbundle. Um, that's all out there. It's all good stuff. Also, a huge shout out to our lovely sponsors over at Killstar, the kings and queens of alternative fashion and accessories. Uh, they've got loads of great ranges over at killstar.com now. Uh, some brand new ranges as well. They've got a new range called Dazed and Doomed, a, a range called Wasteland Witch. Uh, they've got some ranges that I can't even spell. I, I can't even pronounce properly because they just look really metal and like Latin-y and stuff. It's all even more metal than I can hack. But it'll definitely be worth your time. So go and uh, check out all their awesome ranges now. I do this every week. But seriously, they've got like clothes, shoes, fucking glasses, beanies, like cool little toy things, uh, homeware stuff, like anything you could possibly want. Glasses? Comes in dark. I think they have glasses. Like sunglasses? Joking. sunglasses. Yeah, sunglasses. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking it's like spec savers or something, like sort of heavy metal version of spec savers. That's a good idea, that. Maybe they do. But yeah, they've got some good stuff. They've got some good stuff in there and you can get it all at killstar.com and you should do that because it's lovely, lovely, good quality stuff. Good quality stuff. We wouldn't be, you know, buddying up with them if it wasn't. Uh, we thought we'd do a reader Q&A special on this week's show. We do a one every so often, if every few months or so. Uh, there's been plenty going on in the world of metal in recent weeks. Uh, so we thought we'd come to you, our wonderful listeners and readers of Metal Hammer magazine. Uh, and if you ever want to kind of get involved and ask us some questions for these kinds of shows, go over to facebook.com slash readers. We're always having big conversations with all our awesome followers and friends over there. Uh, we've been talking about loads of stuff this week. We've been polling them this week about what they'd like to see more of from our festival coverage in Metal Hammer. Bloodstock is on the way. It's next weekend. We're very, very excited, aren't we, Steve? Oh, my God. I am absolutely chomping at the fucking bit to go to Bloodstock. I can't wait. I'm I'm really excited. I, in 2019, at end of festival season, I was a miserable, cynical shit, um, which is sort of quite on brand, I suppose. But I am like, my heart is fluttering with the idea of going to Bloodstock. I'm genuinely really excited about it. I've bought it's a shirt. I've, I've bought a silly shirt to wear, which is not something that I would do. I, I better sent you a video, didn't I, of me going, look, look at this loud shirt that I bought to go to Bloodstock. Getting in the loud spirit. Loud shirt Sunday, mate. Oh, loud shirt every... Sunday. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. For Judas um, Priest, big time. 
Absolutely, mate. And I, I think Rob Halford would approve. He's posted some uh, very interesting fashion choices on his Instagram sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're getting excited about that. And we've been talking to all the readers over on the Facebook page about what they'd like to see more of uh, on our festival coverage coming up in the years to come. Um, so yeah, like I said, if you want to get involved in all those conversations, talk to us direct, hang out, facebook.com slash Metal Hammer Readers. Uh, I think we should just get stuck straight into some questions then, I reckon. Let's do this, Steve. You ready? Go on, I'm ready. You ready to get grilled? Um, no, Noel Rattigan. That, but yeah, go well, on. Well, let's see what they have to say. Okay. Uh, Noel Rattigan asks, uh, with a new album out in September, will or should Iron Maiden stick to the oh. legacy of the Beast Tour for next year's shows? Personally, um, this is Noel speaking, I would prefer new material and different older material in the set list, but I've seen the show twice in London and Toronto. That's pretty cool. Uh, which is why I would prefer a new set list yeah i'm very excited about the new maiden album um we both i think gave a thumbs up to the new single writing on the wall mine was probably a bit of a bigger thumbs up but probably would be because i fucking love me some maiden um i have seen the legacy of the beast set list twice as well actually i saw it at one of the first shows in uh stockholm um when the when the whole tour first came out and then i was lucky enough to go see it in california as well the following year in uh, 2019 um, and i loved them both I mean, to be honest, I thought this, I think that set list for that Legacy of the Beast show is so good. I genuinely think it's one of the best set lists for any band I've seen. I would actually be quite happy to see it again, maybe with just a couple of new songs slipped in there. I'm pretty sure they're advertising this next tour as Legacy of the Beast still. So I imagine it's going to be mostly the same. But I'm sure, like put it this way, there's no way they're not going to milk this new Eddie as far as it will go like i i'll be shocked if we don't see a big samurai eddie on stage at some point and that will that might be in a full-on album tour to follow um and in a couple of weeks or so we may have some very cool extra info on all that kind of stuff uh in the next issue of metal hammer which we are rather excited about to say the very least were you i imagine you weren't quite so bothered about the legacy of the beast set steve i mean it did have some older stuff in but just play rough child in it play Rathchild and I'm fine well, and then whatever, and then all the rest of the stuff all the like, other stuff play it whatever as long as you play Rathchild I don't mind going to see Iron Maiden and you know I kind of expect it to be stuff I like and stuff I'm not that keen on um, but I like you know anytime they chuck in something from Killers or the first album I'm always pleased to see that stuff so I don't really I don't really care to be honest, mm. Flash of the Blade, I would like to see because it's Daft as, Daft as you know, a Badger's uh, badminton outfit, isn't it? It's like <laughs> you kept us hanging, and you know what? It was worth the payoff. <laughs> you did well there. You did well. You that back. I was like, what would be really pointless and stupid, but quite, but quite good as well. If a badger went to play badminton, what it would wear? I mean, I don't know. If I saw if I saw an actual real life badger playing badminton, I don't know if my first reaction would be like, "That's a bit daft." <laughs> Go run away screaming and wondering what drugs I'd accidentally taken. <laughs> but but yeah, I like Flash of the Blade. It's silly, but it's good. So I don't know, Matt. I mean, look, I'm an absolute casual as fuck Iron Maiden fan at the best of times. So um, yeah. Don't care really. That's fine. 
I'm sure when they hit up download next year, there'll be something else to tickle your fancies. Well, if they, they never let people play at the same time as them, do they? And that's because anyone in their right mind would want to watch Maiden. That's a different story. Well, what, 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 they could put Aeon in the third stage? They could. I know you're kind of saying that to milk the point, but that would be a perfectly fine... Yeah, I, I, I think it know. would. Yeah, I think it would. I think, you know, or ugh, somebody a bit like that. Thing is, the, mem- the members of A would want to go and watch Iron Maiden, so I think they'd be really annoyed if that booking happened. So that's probably why it won't happen. But you know, that's yeah, that's definitely why A have not specifically been booked. For the third <laughs> stage of uh, do you want to do the next question from Matt Higgs? It's a double question, actually. It's a double, a bloody lover double. Um, Matt says, "What are the biggest differences working on a monthly magazine to any experience you've had prior at publications that may have been released more often? And what band members do you think get overlooked purely of the band they are in? Whilst I'm only a fan of a few singles from them, I think Jake Pitts from Blackfell Brides is a brilliant guitarist, but the fact that he's in BVB means people knock him down a bit. So yes, that is a double pronged question. Um, I have no real experience of doing anything but Metal Hammer, so I can't really answer this. And I don't. Can you?" I've never worked full-time at a non-monthly magazine. The other magazine I worked at before this full-time was Terrorizer. And the two internships that I did back in the day were at Terrorizer and Roxanne, both monthly magazines. Um, I did work for the Hemel Hempstead Gazette for a week for work experience once. Um, yeah, I mean, that was... I wouldn't say it was frantic. There's obviously deadlines to um, meet and stuff, but it's probably not the most exciting kind of environment compared to other stuff i mean it could, it could be depending on what's going on in the community at the time but it was a bit of a quiet month i think um but i know l for instance obviously used to work for kerrang when they were printing um the physical magazine before she came to melt hammer and i know that she said you know any kind of weekly any weekly magazine as i'm sure people could imagine is pretty fucking hectic because you've got like a weekly deadline you've got like that extremely stressful kind of few days we have in the lead up to an issue going to print which ours literally did two days ago and it was quite uh pretty intense at times i won't lie you got that every week so that's pretty pretty mad and every day if you're on a on a newspaper so i mean fuck knows that must be unimaginably odd um any any band members you think don't really get a fair slice of the recognition from fans uh i thought about this and i was like i'm not really sure if i mean the, the obvious one, the absolute bullseye, and the thing is, I'm not sure that people don't give him recognition, but certainly person in a band who people kind of will go, he's a good guitarist, is, is Wes Borland, isn't it? Wes Borland will always, be, will always be the kind of gold star answer to this. But then I think people now know that Wes Borland is a really, really good guitarist. And I think from the last week as well, people now like Limp Bizkit again. So, oh, mate, I'm glad you brought this <laughs> so, up because I was thinking... Maybe it's not a good really... one. Yeah, maybe it's not a I great mean, shout. I guess if you are a Limp Bizkit fan, though, you love Wes already. So maybe that's kind of taken for granted. Like, anyone who likes Limp Bizkit will back Wes as a major guitarist. Whereas I don't hear a lot of Limp Bizkit. Like, even though they're actually... They've always been a very kind of tight, like, groovy band. I don't really hear a lot of people talking about John Otto or Sam Rivers in, in the band, but they are obviously a major part of that band as well, for instance. Um, I guess it's hard to stand out when you've got Fred Durst and fucking Wes Borland running around in front of you, to be honest. But yeah, we I fully back Fred Dad Durst as well, by the way. Daddy Durst, I'm all in on it. I, yeah. I gather it's for like, it's basically a bit of promo for a single that's coming up by the looks of it, but um, it's fine because somehow inexplicably, again, in between albums, it's like 
10 years since fucking Gold Cobra now. <clears throat> and uh, inexplicably, again, Limp Bizkit have become cool and Fred Durst is like trending on Twitter and stuff. Like, what is this brilliant but weird alternate reality we're living in? I don't know. It's weird. Like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's just you put a wig on and a pair of glasses and suddenly you're kind of cool again. It's um, it's really weird. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've I've kind of always liked Limp Bizkit. Oh, all, mate. Always. I think both of us are like, we don't, I, I've I've never really had, I suppose apart from like when Eat You Alive and what was the, the, the green, the, that crap album. That results they, may results vary. Results may vary. That was really the only and time they I did. was like, you are? And they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, from bad to really fucking bad. And I think that's really the only time where I looked at Biscuit and I was like, don't like this. This is, but most of the, and I think, most people had a little period where they were like, I'm sick of this guy or this is shit or whatever. And I kind of mm. never really fully had that with Limp Bizkit. So, yeah, it's maybe not a great shout. Um, kind of, again, on a similar sort of thing to Wes, Travis Barker's obviously a very, very good drummer. I don't think, I think people kind of inexplicably, I mean, you know, for me, inexplicably actually like Blink-182. But um, I like a bit of Blink-182, man. I've got no beef with that band at all. Mm, yeah, I think they're atrocious, but uh, <laughs> but... Like he's obviously a very good drummer. He's doing his best to ruin music, isn't he? By like producing everyone in exactly the same way, like taking every band he gets his hands on and just trying to turn them into a sort of all-time low. Yeah, um, which I'm not that keen on. But yeah, again, I mean, I feel like people, a lot of people probably do already rate Travis because he's just fucking everywhere. It's like other drummers do exist. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um. But I mean, it's you know, it's quite cool in a way. I guess it's it is cool being of that generation. I, you know, it's quite cool seeing those kind of artists be treated with a kind of different level of respect and stuff now than they maybe were at the time. Can I also say anybody who plays in a pop band? Because, yes, that's a great shout, man. Because I mean, if you think that fucking the guys in Dream Theater or whatever are good musicians. They probably are significantly worse musicians than the person who plays for Britney Spears or Mariah Carey or <laughs> like, um, I mean, those people are the best musicians on the fucking planet. Like, that's why they're playing for the biggest artists on the planet. Those, those, those session musicians who play for the biggest pop artists in the world are fucking off the chart. Like unbelievable and they, and they would they would smoke fucking any metal band like any metal band like that's just that's just a fact that's, that's bold man that's a bold take I, I know you come from that and by the way as well if you think that the onstage dancers for dream theater are good as well they got nothing <laughs> the onstage dancers of lady gaga if you think honestly like them doing the splits to pull me under is impressive. That's nothing. <laughs> no, but seriously, nothing. man. Like I, I, about ten years ago, when I was at the Edinburgh Festival, I bumped into, I met this guy who was sort of friends of a friend, and he was Britney Spears' guitarist, right? He played guitar for Britney. Wow. And I was like, oh my god, really? And he was like, yeah. And um, and I asked him like, I was like, oh, that can't be that challenging, right? And he was like, well, he was like, I mean, the shit I had to do to get the gig was ridiculous and like he'd done like four years at some he was from america obviously like done four years like studying jazz theory on guitar at like fucking in like some really prestigious university in new york and he was like a child prodigy and he was talking to me about all this stuff he'd done how he'd won like you know the best guitarist in 
this jazz school for like three years running or something and you know like you just get like well you could join any band in the world you could literally join you know Meshuga or Tool or fucking Engve Malmsteam or whatever but you the Britney Spears has got the money and she wants the best guitarist so you know what that's what you do I think it's yeah I think it's badass I mean some of the best um some of the tightest bands I have ever seen have been the bands that I saw supporting Justin Timberlake, like as in his actual backing band. Um, and Janelle Monet as well. Janelle Monet, who I think is like maybe the best, the single best pop artist of the last, I don't know, 20 years maybe, I would maybe even say. I think she's phenomenal. And her backing band is like just unreal. Unreal. Like just so tight and so slick and just so on it and ready to stop and start at a moment's notice and all this kind of stuff they're just fucking brilliant um so yeah i do back that pop artists are uh pop artist bands i should say are pretty fucking cool um let's get back to the metal though let's get back to the meat and fucking bones of this thing uh david inglis says what forthcoming gigs and festivals are exciting you my tickets are booked for the trivium and gajira gigs incredible lineups Got to back that. Those Trivium Gajira tours are going to be good, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would, my, Meshuggah at the Royal Albert Hall with Zelenada is the one oh, where I'm like... Forgot that was even happening. Like, that is like, I mean, God, I never could have imagined that. If you'd gone back, like, even 15 years when Meshuggah started getting, a, you know, Obzin came out and they were getting a bit more coverage and stuff. If you'd imagined that someone going, <laughs> this band are going to play the Royal Albert Hall. Like, I love the Royal Albert Hall. It sounds, every time I've seen a band at the Royal Albert Hall, and I've seen lots of bands at the Royal Albert Hall, and they're always fucking, the sound's always great. It's such a great venue. To hear Bleed at the Royal Albert Hall, oh my God, that is going to be amazing. And supported by one of the most unique metal artists of recent times doing a kind of like chain gang meets soul meets black metal. Like just it, like, I mean, if, if Zelenada is given the space and the production to take ownership of that space as well, he could be fucking unbelievable that night as well. You can imagine like, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a, a venue that's famous for like, stuff like cream playing there do you know what i mean when you think of like the famous the, the sort of artists that have played there that when you th- what you think about and you, th- you think of like zelenada doing that music and hearing that music reverberating around that space i think that's going to be really fucking amazing i'm also going to see architects tomorrow which i'm hugely excited for as well because i think the last time i saw architects headline a venue it was wembley arena and they're playing like a, a, a little place in kingston tomorrow so that should be great as well god that was what was that like two years ago that gig i remember that gig yeah yeah it was the start of 2019 man i am envious that you're going to that that should be really 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 swell excellent stuff um and yeah absolutely back david's um thing yeah the gajira tour is going to be great the support on that employed to serve an alien weaponry ridiculous um trivium again off the back of that album last year and off the back of that fucking uh in the court of the dragon song they released was just unbelievable like the last time we saw Trivium at Brixton Academy was like one of the best metal gigs of the last few years, wasn't it? And, you know, I am all up for that again with even more good songs to choose from. Like, fuck yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, very, very excited. Yeah, like they're a great. They're, they're, they're fucking smashing the shit out of it, haven't they, Trivium? They're they back. Really they're are. back. They're back. They are, they're not just back. They're now like one Better. of the fucking best 
yeah, a band that you can genuinely say are better than ever. Like, legit. Oh. Um, and, uh, I mean, obviously, like we said, Bloodstock next weekend as well. That's going to be brilliant. We're going to be doing a big old review of that on the following week's show as well. Do you want to do the next question, Stephen? Of course I do. I would love nothing more. Um, although I don't know what I have to say about it, to be honest. Loki Lee says, can we get a mention about the new release from Crystal Lake? Uh, I suppose that is the mention, isn't it? Curse and Mephisto are two amazing songs and these guys really continue to blow me away every time. Firstly, I hope his name really is Loki because that's badass. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind a bit of Crystal Lake. I did actually really quite rate them when they first started to break through years ago and it feels like it's taken them a, quite a bit longer than I thought it would have to kind of start making some real headway internationally. Um, I hadn't heard that EP uh, I listened to the tracks. They're all right. They're all right. Like if you like energetic, earnest, heavier kind of metalcore, kind of well polished stuff. Like I think you could do a lot worse than uh, what Crystal Lake do. I am. I think I'm yet to see them live, so I don't know if they're a particularly brilliant live band or whatever. But yeah, they're solids. I am totally fine with Crystal Lake. And they, I think they're supporting Parkway at that arena show, which is I think is still happening. I'm so lost with what gigs are happening now after these last couple of years, Steve. But yeah, me too. Parkway are playing Wembley, aren't they? That's that's still a thing. Is that this year? I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they were going to play me. with Hatebreed, right? Yeah, and then I think Hatebreed... They got pushed back. Yeah. Uh, Let's do a little tappy-tappy and work out here. Parkway. Gonna... So they are playing Wembley Arena. Um, it's been postponed doesn't have a date it just says postponed no 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 new date oh hold on 18th of april oh there you go and yeah i've got something yeah because it was going to be venom prison and then venom prison pulled out and i think in fact no ignore the that's 18th of april 2021 so yeah it's been postponed and there's a new date to be announced yeah well crystal lake were due to be on that so that would have been a good opportunity for them but i don't know if they still will be or not it's all chaos still Hell knows what's going on. Um, Aidan Delaney says, understandably, you're probably not wild on promoting competitors, <laughs> but are there any other metal or music podcasts that you guys recommend? Well, Steven's probably got at least one he'd like to recommend. I was on recently. <laughs> uh, are you going to make me like promote my own shit? I thought you'd go, hey, I'll, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, there is one that I do listen to regularly and it just so happens that the person who presents it is on the other side. I thought maybe you'd do that. That would be a nice thing for you to do. But right, you don't fine, have to do fine. it. You don't have to do it, Merlin. No, I'm going to do it, it now because now, right. now it definitely doesn't feel forced. Uh, yeah, no, okay, Riot Act is very good. If you do love hearing Steve on this podcast and you want to hear him talk about a bit of metal, but also a lot of other stuff as well, from hip-hop to indie to everything else, a much kind of, I'd say, vaster spectrum of things, then uh, you can catch Stephen and uh, other Metal Hammer contributor, Renfrey, on Right Act as well. Is that, is that all right? Is that good for you? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is that it's like, we say it's an alternative podcast. I mean, I like for those of you who haven't heard it, I mean, I think it depends on how interested you are in, like you say, a sort of broader spectrum of things. Like we do classic, we've just done REM, Automatic for the People, as a classic album. So we do like a classic album on our Patreon page. But, you know, we've done loads of stuff on there from... Like we did, we've done like Sepultura and System and Guns N' Roses and Morbid Angel and Meshuggah and Glass Jaw. So we do a lot of like metal centric stuff, but we probably tend to like, I'm actually recording it after this. This week, actually, we're doing um, Lingering Nota's new album, Foxing, 
uh, Fawn Limbs, who are fucking brilliant, and the new Creeper EP. So that's kind of quite a guitar-centric week. But the week, the week before, we did the Dave album. And yeah, I think, you know, like... Which is very good. Yeah, oh my God, it's amazing. Um, I th- You know, there's one week where we did the full, we did the full of How album and the same week as we did the National album. And I was like, this is the sort of thing that I think is cool. Like, you know, these two albums are both really brilliant, but both from completely different worlds. And I think that's... Uh, I don't know, that, that's... I, I like lots of different types of music and I don't just like metal. And I think you're the same, really, aren't you? You're like... It's, oh, it's, gotcha. So it's, and it's nice to be able to... Um, yeah, just go, I just like this, so I want to talk about it. I don't tend to, obviously, as Atreyu found out, I, I do slag stuff off, but I don't really like slagging stuff off that much anymore. I'd rather just concentrate on things that I like, and I think like our podcast is mostly positive. Apart from the one you came on, Broken Records, which is actually going out of our way to find the worst album ever made. Um, but that's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Yeah, and we got to do a good album for it, so that was all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, feel free to go and check that out as well. Um, if you want another one from the Louder Stable, Classic Rock have a cool podcast called The 20 Million Club, where they painstakingly dissect the stories of some of the biggest selling rock albums of all time. Um, your friend and mine, uh, Steve, Mr. Tom Dare, has the great uh, Hellbent for Leather podcast, which looks at uh, me- LBGTQ. By the way. Hellbent for Hellbent for, uh, Hell for Metal, obviously. That's the song title. Yeah, Hellbent for Metal is the name of the podcast. Uh, and it looks at uh, LGBTQ plus issues and more within the metal scene. That's really cool. Um, what else is there? The Song Exploder podcast is good. It's kind of quite short and sweet, but does a lot of... Uh, not very metal-centric, I will add, for that one. But it is quite interesting if you like stuff outside of the old uh, metal spectrum. Can I give uh, a shout-out also to um, the Pop Collaborate and Listen guys? If you like 90s music... You're like a '90s kid. Pop collaborate and listen. Do a podcast on every single number one album from the '90s, and they go in deep on it, and it's fucking brilliant. It's really, really good. So I would say pop collaborate and listen is probably my favourite one as well. Fair dues indeed. Um, I was also on the uh, on Wednesdays we wear black podcast a few months ago as well, talking about the Marilyn Manson stuff, and they're doing a lot of cool stuff over there as well. We can all be friends. It's fine. Not all competitors. Um. Marcus Franz, I love this question, Marcus. It's my favourite question we've got this week. Uh, Marcus Franz said, if you could only listen to music from one five-year period in music history for the rest of your miserable little life, um, <laughs> he didn't say that bit, uh, what would it be? What One five-year period in music history, but you can just go to town on it and that's all you're allowed to listen to. What would yours be, Steve? I basically, I had to weigh this up really really it's really difficult this i think my initial my initial thought was like 91 to 96 because you get like i think 1996 might be the the best year in music ever um the year i left school how funny what what a coincidence um i'm sure that's got nothing to do with why i love it so much Uh, i just happened to be leaving school and creating all those brilliant memories but um (laughs) but you know when you think you've got kind of that would give you the rise of grunge the rise of black metal, the most popular period of death metal. You'd get the Black Album. You'd get Use Your Illusion. You'd get Dangerous by Michael Jackson. You'd get the all the best bits of Britpop. You'd get the early gangster. You'd get the kind of the the birth and genesis of gangster rap, like The Chronic by Dr. Dre. You'd get the kind of like In the Doghouse by Snoop Dogg. You'd get all of that like wicked kind of Def Jam and Big Boy. Um, uh, bad boy record stuff early on you'd get some fucking amazing 
Euro dance, like just fucking one hit wonder bangers. Hadaway, what is love, or fucking you Boom. know, um, you sure do by striking all that kind of stuff as well. You'd get, um, I think you'd get e- even shit like take that. I'd be like, that's a good era for fucking take that. It's a kind of pre yeah, pop, pre good pop music, man. Good good pop music, like you know the prodigy. We're out there, like really interesting time for kind of dance music as it it, it kind of elevated itself into the mainstream. Um, so yeah, like the Prodigy and Left Field and the Chemical Brothers and all that stuff was happening at that point as well. So I think that's really strong. I also, my other one, I was like, oh, this is a tough one. I mean, I was thinking if I could have 79 to 86, that might do it. But I've either got to go 79 to 84 or 81 to 86. And that is a tough one. I think you go 79, you get kind of just the arse end of punk. Um, you get a lot of the wicked sort of bad brains and circle jerks and early black flag stuff. Motorhead, um, like Ace of Spades by Motorhead and Overkill and all that stuff. So you get the first Maiden albums, you get like Heaven and Hell, you get Back in Black, you get um, like the the birth of sort of electronic music as well. So you get like, I think probably just, like just miss the man machine by Kraftwerk, but you get a couple of really good Kraftwerk albums in there as well. You get Gary Newman, you get early Depeche mode, which again would make me want to move it up because I want to get to 87 to when you get the really good Depeche mode stuff, you get like post punk. So you get the first few U2 albums, which I think are brilliant. First couple of REM albums, you get like the first few cure albums, you get like, that Rio by Duran Duran, Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. You get those first few Prince albums. First, you know, like first. This is Mad- good shit. This is yeah, like like a Virgin by Madonna. Um, if you move up to eighty six, then you get kind of Master of Puppets, and you get Rain and Blood. You get Color of Spring by Talk Talk, which is one of my fucking fucking favorite albums ever, 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 ever. Um, I would probably just pip for kind of eight. 81 to 86 because I think 86 you get the, like the Queen is Dead by the Smiths and you get the kind of the, that birth of like early early UK indie stuff as well Spring like Nebraska by Springsteen some fucking like so it's a tough tough choice like Killing Joke all that stuff like I love all of that stuff also I would give a quick shout 2016 to 2021 if someone said to me like for whatever reason you can only listen to music from 2016, from the last five years. I, you know, I'd obviously be pretty... I could definitely live with that. But I could definitely fucking live with that, I reckon. Because it's been a really, really, really strong five years. I know that makes me sound like, oh, you know, you're just trying to... But if you think that, like, you know, how much wicked stuff has come out in the last five years from, like, Architects or, I guess, like, Bring Me the Rise and that kind of rise of that stuff. Code Orange. Code Orange. Yeah, that kind of, all the experimental hip-hop that's come out or you get, like, you know, like, I think you you just missed Pimp Butterfly by by Kendrick Lamar, but you'd get kind of, you know... You get damn, though, I think. You get damn, yeah. So you get, like, all the stuff that's come in the aftermath of that. Life of Pablo. Um, You know, there's a whole load of amazing shit's come out the last few years. I would even say there's a lot of, like really cool lesser known experiment more experimental kind of underground punk stuff that like you won't get what you want by daughters or um dose of dreams by fucked up or do you know what i mean like you know, the black queens albums i think all those things i i, I love all of those records and I, they will probably stay with me forever but if i had to pick one i think i would just about pip for 
I mean, even with the nineties, I didn't even mention like Slaughter of the Soul and stuff coming out around that time as well. I didn't even mention I didn't even mention Pantera. Do you know what I mean? Like I that I think that I would probably just just pip ninety one to ninety six just by a hair's breadth from eighty one to eighty six. It's a fucking great era. I, and I back what you say about recent music as well, because when I was thinking about this, weirdly, the first thing that came into my head, I just started thinking about all the great music that's around at the moment. I actually just started thinking about it even just this year, because I know this is a wanky thing to say, and it's like a, ooh, I'm a journalist thing to say, but honestly, this is already, I genuinely think this has already been a better year for heavy music in terms of releases than the whole of last year. And we're only into August, and the best thing of all is that I think if I was making a top 10 of the year so far, I reckon about four of my top five might be albums that haven't technically even come out yet. That's how fucking good this year is. Um, uh, So yeah, I definitely back the modern era being good as well. But for me, I kind of thought about it and I thought of something quite quickly. And I once I started filling it in, it made sense to me. So for me, I've gone with 1997 to 2002. Um, because I started with kind of around 2000, I was like, well, it's got to be around 2000 because that was the, when I started really getting into music and there was just so many albums around that time. So I was trying to work out how far to go back and how far to go forward. And even though there's not a ton of stuff from 97 specifically, I had to get some Prodigy in there. And obviously 97 was Fat of the Land. So I was like, right, that's going in there. Um, and then in terms of metal, that five years between 97 to 2002, you get a classic Maiden album from Brave New World, probably their definitive kind of second half of their career album. Um, you get all of the kind of great kind of turn of the century new metal stuff. You get Hybrid Theory, Chocolate Starfish, etc., etc. You get both of those first two System of a Down albums. You get both of those first two Slipknot albums. You get Sensuk to Mutter by Ramstein. You get Follow the Leader issues and untouchables by corn untouchables is probably my favorite corn album um you get horacle like this in flames run you get you get horacle colony clayman and reroute to remain by in flames plus outside of at the gates unfortunately do just miss out you basically get the best run of Death albums you get all of dark tranquility's best stuff you get all of like soil works best stuff you get um uh, my favorite Arch Enemy album with um, Wages of Sin. You get Around the Fur and White Pony by Deftones. You get the first two Kill Switch albums. Even Metallica. Like This is not considered a Metallica period. But you still get Reload, which has some bangers. And most importantly, you get Garage Inc., which is still up there with my favorite Metallica albums. So there's plenty for me to be getting on with there on the rock side of things. In terms of hip-hop, you get Equemini and Stanconia by Outkast. You get Flesh and, Flesh and My Flesh and It's Dark and Hell is Hot by DMX. You get Slim Sadie and Marshall Mathers LPs. You get 2001 by Dre. You get The Blueprint by Jay-Z. This is like a major, major... Short of Kanye, this is probably like the definitive kind of period for like kind of late 90s to early 2000s hip-hop. Um, and you then also get in, in that as well, you get like Jurassic... Even if you're not really into that and you want a different sort of flavour of hip-hop, you would get... You'd get Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys, who I didn't yep. even mention in my like fucking license to ill and all that ill communication and that stuff. Um and then you get like Jurassic Five, The Roots, fucking Far Side, uh like dilated peoples, like really kind of cool yep. more, more yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's fucking good. I think you might even get that that Roots Maneuver album in here as well, you know, for Britain. Oh, yeah, you would, yeah. Just check. I think you do, I yeah. Think the one with Dreamy Dames Dreamy yeah. Days on it. Uh, in fact you get three classic uh, Roots Maneuver albums so yeah good bit of British hip hop in there as well 
Um, and then even in terms of just stuff outside that, like like we were kind of saying, there's loads of really fun pop music happening around there and you get that kind of air of like Britney and NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. I'm sure there's people listening who are being sick in their mouths right now, but first, I'm a first 90s couple, kid. First couple of Sugar Babes albums as well, I think. Yes, you get in classics, there as well. like, classics. Amazing. Um, you get Ray of Light by Madonna, classic Madonna album. One of the few kind of genuinely good Madonna albums, I think. She's sort of been a bit of a single artist. You get Be Here Now by Oasis, which has some fucking bangers on it. Um, from their kind of when they were just coked up and just going mad and just and um, Noel just decided he wanted to be like Slash like I get love the, that album get the best two, get the best Blur album I think 13 is probably the best Blur album yeah that's in there as well that's and in, that's there, in as well. there as well you got, so, yeah, you know, I would can I also say just to make it a little bit more back to what we are dealing with in, in sort of metal you also get Shape of Punk to Come by Refused you get yep. a relationship with command back the drive-in. You get yep. calculating infinity with the Dillinger escape plan, and the irony is the Dead Scene EP that they did with Mike Patton. You get Jane Doe by Converge. You get like progression through unlearning and higher automation by um, by Snapcase as well. You get all these fucking like but after the eulogy by Boy Sets Fire. You get loads of absolutely unbelievable like until your heart stops and Jupiter by Cave In like unbelievable kind of underground hardcore bands full collapse by thursday F- like fucking great that kind of thing that, ter- that like early metalcore you know poison the well and all that stuff would be in there as well you get all that yep. as well which would be Dude. like some of that's my i mean I've, I've mentioned probably my three of my favorite albums ever and to add another one in i guess like you didn't even mention lateralis by at all no yeah of course from the 2001 class uh, and most importantly, speaking of kind of classic punk albums from that period, you get Conspiracy of One by The Offspring. So. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Nailed. Poor, poor man. Nailed. Poor, uh, Conspiracy of One, poor man's Americana, which is a poor man's excellent no. hombre, which is a poor man's smash. I agree that smash is better, but I think Conspiracy of One is better than Americana, so... Right, well, Ixnail and Hombre is better than both of them, so cheers. Well, you might be right, but it didn't come out... Actually, when did that come out? I might get that. 97. Hey, it's in. It made the cut. Come on. Uh, so yeah, a good, a good, good time. Um, well, we've flown through this. We're already on to the last question of them all, Steve. She, she makes them up just to be like... Oh, no, we're not. Oh, actually, no, we've got a couple left. Yeah, um, okay. Go on, you do this next one then. Okay, uh, Kevin Rowan says, what's your favourite metal instrumental track? Ides of March takes some beating. No? Um, yeah, it certainly good. does. It's it good. good. Um, I had a thought. I had a, I had a think about this. Nothing really in like metal instrumental. I mean, obviously, like Orion is that a was, really uh, yeah, fucking Orion and Anathesia, um pulling teeth were the only two I could really think of. Those two Metallica ones. Those are well, the only two that I could really say I care about. I, Call I'm of Cthulhu as well. Yeah, I'm going to say in a kind of broader scheme of metal, Lemur by Nine Inch Nails would be my favourite. Nice. From the fragile, which is a fucking amazing song. That's a nice but, in, but instrumental, like kind of, I guess guitar-based instrumental music. I mean, I could name a load of Mogwai songs. Mogwai are heavy. They're probably not metal, but like X Cowboy by Mogwai is fucking amazing and is really, really loud. If you like stuff that's actually heavy, um, KRS by Sepultura uh, is one as well. I think that is really cool. I mean, a lot of people talk about that sort of thing quite a lot, don't they? But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a loads that, that really like instantly jumped out at me apart from them. Yeah. I found it I difficult. Guess... I mean, there's, there's a few other maiden ones. Obviously they did like Transylvania and, um, 
lost for words. <laughs> it's a bit of a different vibe. But uh, yeah, it's not not obvious. I can't. I I can. I mean, can you even look past the Ryan from Hell? Because it's just such a definitive piece of music for a band that has James Hetfield in it, and he's not on that track. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's pretty astonishing, really. Yeah, yeah. Ryan is amazing. I mean, Ryan, I would say, would be the like. It's the obvious choice for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 so obvious. Like some things you go, oh, that's really obvious to like to pick that, but I think it jumps out at you because it is so fucking great. It's so fucking great. Um, but there's stuff like, I mean, would Pertabate, I mean, Pertabate is not really metal, but there's no... I, w- I was thinking of Synthwave, yeah. I mean, I do like that stuff, but it's a different vibe, isn't it? Because it's like soundtrack music, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, like, when I listen, I, I don't know, when I listen to instrumental music, I'm not really... This is going to sound like a weird thing to say because I think metal can... You can have, I mean, everything Pelican have done, I suppose. Rush and like, Russian circles that have, you know, very very little uh, uh, vocals as a band, and I think both of those bands are are good. I mean, I really like Russian circles actually. Pelican less so, but I think Pelican can can be good. Um, but I really like Russian circles. I wouldn't necessarily say that, he, like that kind of rolling that kind of boisterous thing that metal gives you isn't always really con- conducive to no vocals. Do you know what I mean? Like when I listen to instrumental music, it tends to be more kind of ambient electronic stuff or, yeah, or kind of post rock stuff or do you know what I mean? Things that are a bit more delicate sounding. And I don't think that met that's not, that's really not metals wheelhouse particularly, is it? Like broadly, it can be, but broadly, like that's not why I listen to metal, to listen to something kind of delicate and slow and, you know, sort of a bit more sombre. That's not really why I listen to metal, to be honest. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I was just looking for a particular In Flames song. Oh yeah, there's a, there's an In Flames song on Colony called Pala Anders Visa, and it, but it's only like, it's less than two minutes long, so you can almost call it more of an interlude than an instrumental but I really love it. And it's a beautiful lead into coerced coexistence. And every time I listen to it, I'm like, I really wish this was longer because I could listen to it for like far longer than that. But it's so short that I don't think it can even count, to be honest. So yeah, metal instrumentals, not the most obvious mix. So yeah, I mean, Idols of March does take some beating, Kevin, because there's not many contenders to it, quite <laughs> frankly. No. Um, final question from Alistair Belling. Our man, Al, he's always in and around the podcast questions. Uh, what kind of cover show would it take for you to go along? I was pretty suspicious. <laughs> Are you the cover thing suspicious? Yeah. And I, and I trust I'm this. Not, I don't trust this. <laughs> I don't think you are the real. It says, it says your guns or roses. Hmm. Suspicious. Um, but he was suspicious of the cover thing. And so we saw a Van Halen show that totally slapped. Uh, no hairspray, no tights, just the jeans front and center. Pretty agnostic towards them now. <laughs> it's like a bit of a deflating end now. He's like, gone, oh, I wasn't sure about these. And then I saw uh and then I saw a really, really good one, and now I don't know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> the definition of agnostic is that nothing can be known about the existence of something. So is he now sort of existentially doubting that Van Halen ever existed? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question though, because I think that um, 
first of all, I, I know this is a uh, this sounds really snidey because all bands have to start somewhere. I'm not talking about actual bands that are writing their own music and um, uh, you know just making their way up the industry and they kind of end up playing pub venues and stuff. I'm not talking about those kind of bands, but I do fucking hate pub bands. I can't stand them. When you're in a pub with your mates trying to enjoy the trying to enjoy a drink and a bunch of like 40, 50 year old white dudes with guitars playing fucking brown eyed girl Wonder or Wonderwall World. in yeah. the corner of the pub. Awful. It's just like, oh, I don't need this. No, Awful. no, no, no. That kind of shit I can't stand. I mean, cover bands, um, we had, oh, I can't remember what they're called. We had a really good ACDC cover band that we put on for a Metal Hammer gig um, many years ago. They're quite a well-known one. They're one of the kind of like foremost cover Are they bands good, called like dirty deeds or something yeah or dirty dc or something like dirty that they DC, were really yeah. fucking good really mm. good so i backed them and um, there is that guns and roses cover band that are quite well known that are in london a lot are they called guns two roses maybe yeah something like that it's also like the bootleg they're pretty good. And stuff isn't it i've seen the bootleg yeah. beatles before um I, I, the thing is like again to, i guess it like again to kind of broaden the question out a little bit i have been to see i guess tribute shows before i think if you're going to see if you're going to see a bunch of people play somebody else's songs essentially like that is a cover show in the, like in the kind of broader spectrum of thing i mean i went to i went to the royal festival hall to see the mark hollis from talk talk tribute show and like talk talk are one of my absolute favorite bands ever obviously they stopped playing live in about you know when i was about seven so I'm never going to be able to see them. I would yeah. never have seen those songs live ever. And it was people like some people like who I liked and some people that I didn't really care about at all. Like, you know, Turing breaks doing covers of like talk, talk songs was not something that I thought I needed to see. They're actually all right to be fair to them, but like, you know, it was a bit sort of hit and miss as a thing, as I think these tribute shows tend to be. But for me, like if it's if it's someone who is who you can't see, like you are never going to see the Beatles, you can't see them. So going to see a Beatles tribute band, trying to replicate that as long as you're like, well, you know, I just want to see those Beatles songs played live and have a nice time. I kind of think that's all right, because you're not all like a Nirvana tribute band or who's not Elvana, not not Elvana, (laughs) not Elvana. No, not Elvana. A good example Um, of a cover thing that's just rubbish, just mm, rubbish. Yeah, like I wouldn't go to that. Like I don't because because you're not really treating the material with any kind of like respect, I don't think. Do you know what I mean? I think like what? Well, dressing up like a a rubbish Elvis while loads of Las Vegas girls dance around. No, what what makes you say that? Yeah, I know. Weird, isn't it? That, that, Those deeply personal songs about suicide and um you know like the uh, uh, drug addiction could should be sort of <laughs> filtered down into cabaret bullshit that's weird that isn't it that i find that like quite distasteful it's what, it's what kurt would have wanted it's definitely so. what kurt would have wanted it's definitely what kurt would have wanted um and elvis yeah and, and elvis yeah definitely yeah for sure both of those two artists i think i know thank you for like preserving our legacy as, <laughs> as, as we would have wanted it to be preserved. two of the most fundamentally important musical acts of all time that's <laughs> that's where we saw it going yeah, it yeah. just Music mashed together mashed together by some fat blokes in like spangly trousers like kicking so balloons, that... spicking balloons in a fucking kicking balloons in a field Pathetic. so that a couple of people can go ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Anyway. Um, anyway, the point, my point is, my point is, yeah, I think if it's somebody that you can't see, like, do I want to go and see a Kiss tribute band? Not really. Because I'll go and see, at some point I can see Kiss. And I don't even really want to see do half that. of Kiss. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. But, um, but yeah, or like, I guess, you know, because but like when, when No Oasis, the Oasis tribute band got big, they had a fucking song in the charts in the 90s. They were an Oasis tribute band. They dressed up as an Oasis, as Oasis, and tr- pretended to be Oasis. And they still got in the chart with a what? cover. Yeah. With an Oasis song? They did, um, they did, yeah, they did a kind of, they, they, they did Shaker Maker, which obviously is like, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Um, but they did, I think they did it just the original lyrics of, but they did it to the tune of Shaker Maker and it got in the charts. Mental. That's how big, that's how big Oasis were in this country, that even an Oasis tribute band could get in the singles charts. So, yeah. That's absolutely mad. Well, good for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we can give or take covers depending on the context is probably the best answer to that, Alistair. But thank you for your question very much and thanks to all of you for your questions. We appreciate it. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening to this here podcast. Uh, I don't say it's very often nowadays, but don't forget you can always give us a review on whatever platform you so uh, you so wish to. Risky uh, that, mate. That's a risky. That's a risky tactic that you just cho- chosen to. Well, do. I mean, if you've got to, you know, fifty minutes into this podcast yeah, and true. then decided you hate us, like yeah. I mean, you know, I have to say, now. I have to say, uh, quite reprehensible characters. Anyone who gets something for free and decides to go out of their way to shit on it like that's just my personal opinion you know i mean it is a i don't really understand why someone would sit and listen to podcasts for ages and then go and leave a a negative review but like hey if you want to do that you can do i can't stop you but i like to think people like what we do so yeah and uh, even a good one if anything if you do want to do that i think you should seriously question your life decisions to be honest (laughs) not the best choice is it i think it's It's a sort of very odd deliberately antagonistically weird awful thing to do but hey that's just what that's just what i think i wouldn't re- leave that as a review of your life i'd just think that to myself <laughs> and walk away could you imagine if you could do that if you could actually review everyone's lives yeah. I'd, be, I'd be devastated to think what my star rating <laughs> would be like, yeah oh no i'm a 3.2 so episode of black mirror that's exactly what that was isn't it well they rate each other's lives well you had oh, that, yeah, the, you remember you, that yeah, one with, yeah, with yeah, bryce yeah. dallas howard yeah that yeah, episode i do remember that mm. Ooh, that's coming the future mate. again it's coming it's definitely coming well i'll give you a five star rating steve thanks mate um give that four. is it oh fuck you that <laughs> is it for this week's show cheers for listening everyone uh don't forget the latest issue of hammer system ever down 20 years of toxicity if you love that band and i'm sure you do you need to go pick that up immediately uh shout out again to our brilliant friends at killstar for sponsoring the podcast go over to killstar.com to check out their awesome range of goodies and we will see you next week in the run-up to bloodstock it's coming steve i know it is i know i'm very very excited i've already said it and i still am me too. More so now than earlier, if anything. So by the time we get to that weekend, it's going to be amazing. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, everyone. Take care and goodbye. Bye. Bye.